a lot of theories on the Wizard of Oz, but not like this. Today is November 7th. This is my mom's birthday. So it is a very, very special occasion for me. I, some of you may not know, lost my mom in 2017 on November 10th, actually. So three days time. And we used to sit up all night and talk about conspiracy theories. She was a very wonderful, magical person. She was an angel and I miss her very much. So I thought about it for a very long time, what I was going to do on her birthday on my podcast, because this is the first birthday since I started a podcast. And I really got to digging into some information and here we are. On my mom's birthday, it is really hard for me. Um, So I do appreciate the support and kind words. I miss her very, very much. But in honor of her and in honor of her fiery conspiracy spirit, we are going to drop the hammer on the Wizard of Oz. Please leave a five-star review if you love what I do. And on that note, I got two new ones for you. We have Awake to the Truth, entitled Great Podcast, five stars. And it says, I enjoy this podcast. Short, sweet, and to the point. I can appreciate that. Thank you so much. Then we have one from J. Montana Rocks, entitled Fresh Blast 2 Podcasts, five stars. And it says, Cosmic Peach does not disappoint. As a woman podcaster, she holds her own. Not for sissy boys. You want to be thoroughly entertained with lovely, crass, intelligent conversation and no boring or slow subjects. 
Oh, and did I say very funny at times? Well worth the time spent. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Give me a little motivation, something to work with. If I know you guys are enjoying the content, it makes me want to go even harder. So thank you for tuning in to the Cosmic Peach Podcast Mondays and Thursdays to get your dose of conspiracy. And this episode will not disappoint. So let's roll right into it. intro this episode is dedicated in memory of my mother and I thought really hard and for a long time about what topic I wanted to bring on the show for my mom's birthday and I was like the Wizard of Oz that's it it's a classic movie I used to watch all the time as a kid and it makes me think of her because she was one of those moms that made everything super special and I'd watch The Wizard of Oz and then uh, my mom and my sister took me to see like Wizard of Oz on ice and I have like this vintage old Wizard of Oz cup that I got when we went to see Wizard of Oz on ice and I still have it. I don't even drink out of it. I just use it to put uh, chargers and miscellaneous other things in. But when I watched it as a kid, I would watch it in like a trance. And my sister said even when she would babysit me, I would come over to her house with a copy of The Wizard of Oz on VHS and I would just watch it over and over and over and over again. Almost like I was in a trance-like state and I probably watched it at least two or three hundred times. Not even exaggerating. So, When I decided that this is what I was going to do for my mom's birthday, the Wizard of Oz reference kept being brought to my attention in the most random ways. Somebody would quote something from the movie. Somebody would mention something about the Wizard of Oz. Like, did you know that the Wicked Witch of the West actually uh, lived in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and she was a school teacher. And I was like, why is this even being brought up right now, right after I decided to do this Wizard of Oz episode? And the information just came to me. Sometimes, call it synchronous, I don't care what you call it. Information comes to me in weird ways, and that's how I know, okay, this is a cosmic peach topic, and maybe it was my mom. You know, who knows? My little guardian angel on the other side just confirming to me that she is around and she's involved in the podcast. So, where should we start? Well, The Wizard of Oz is a classic film. Millions of people have worshipped since its release in 1939. Based on the children's novel by L. Frank Baum, The movie recounts the adventure between Dorothy, her dog, Toto, a scarecrow, a tin man, and a cowardly lion, 
on their way to get help from a wizard. To us? To us. We Some even wonder if the set of Wizard of Oz was actually cursed. And here's why. I'm going to bring the cosmic fire for this episode. So some of these things I'm going to mention, most everyone knows some of these things I'm going to mention you've never heard before. But I can't choke on the birthday episode for my mom. So you know I'm going to bring the cosmic fire. Now, the first thing I want to mention and get these uh, smaller things out of the way is that the snow was made from asbestos. This has been brought up countless times. The Wizard of Oz was made in a time before computer-generated special effects, so the filmmakers felt like they had to get creative. So the beautiful yet chilling scene where the bunch of them fall asleep while it snows amongst the poppies, the snow was actually just crystal asbestos otherwise known as cancer-causing carcinogens, and when inhaled can cause cancer. Probably did cause cancer, who knows, but isn't that just nice? Multiple people caught on fire while filming The Wizard of Oz. So here we go. Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch of the West, had a film scene where The witch disappears in a flash of smoke, and the effects crew used real fire for this scene. And Margaret Hamilton was instructed to exit the stage via a trap door. But the trap door's drop got delayed, and the fire started before she had time to exit. So, Margaret Hamilton suffered severe burns on her face and her hands, Her eyelashes and eyebrows were completely burnt off. Her skin was completely burnt off her hand. And the movie studio actually did not send her home. Her friend had to come pick her up and take her to the hospital. And then the studio called Margaret Hamilton the next day, wondering when she could return for work. (laughs) But it actually took her six plus weeks to recover, and even after returning to set, she had to wear green gloves instead of green makeup because the nerves in her hands were still exposed due to the burns. Hamilton's stunt double, Betty Danko, also later caught fire while filming a scene on the witch's broomstick. So essentially, a painted smoking pipe exploded and the burns on her legs never healed properly. Now, what else do we have? The original Tin Man was poisoned by his makeup. A lot of people know about this one. To achieve this silver metallic look, 
Buddy Epson, the original Tin Man, was painted with pure aluminum. Frequent lung ingestion of the aluminum sent Buddy Epson to the hospital after waking up one night with severe cramping in his hands, arms, legs, and difficulty breathing. He had only been filming The Wizard of Oz for nine days when he was hospitalized and had to spend two weeks in an oxygen tent due to the aluminum dust in his makeup. And instead of being sympathetic, the studio demanded he return to work. And when he couldn't, the studio replaced him with Jack Haley. I mean, they weren't the least bit concerned with this dude's well-being or health. They were like, oh, sorry about your poisoning. We're just going to replace you. And that's exactly what they did. So they struck out with Buddy Epson and the whole aluminum poisoning thing. So they did use a different type of makeup on Jack Haley that was not made with pure aluminum. but. Jack Haley still suffered from a severe eye infection due to the products they used on him. Now, this one is probably one of the more popular ones. The Wizard of Oz was a potential trigger for Judy Garland's drug abuse, which is not true. She was already on drugs before filming The Wizard of Oz because she had a crazy fucking stage mom who put her on barbiturates and amphetamines at the age of 10 years old. So, of course, it did exacerbate both Judy Garland's use of amphetamines and barbiturates and led to maybe a more spiraling down effect, but it wasn't the trigger for her being put on them. So they were prescribed to her at the behest of Louis B. Mayer in order to increase Judy's productivity on set and due to her self-image issues in 1947, less than 10 years after her breakthrough role, Judy Garland tried to kill herself for the first time. So to expand on this, not only did Lewis Mayer have these um, drugs prescribed to her, but he also referred to her as a little hunchback and said she wasn't pretty, that she was fat, that she was gross. And the executives behind the film kept Judy Garland on a strict fucking diet of cabbage soup and forced her to take what they call pet pills to control her appetite. She was made to stay slim, and the producers pressured her to stay in shape and made her wear a corset, and she smoked like 80 cigarettes a day and worked 18-hour days. But again, she was already used to this type of abuse because her mother was the one who pushed her into the film industry before she was ready. Now... Is there anything else besides the drug abuse? Well, the director actually slapped Judy Garland in the face. 
at just 16 years old, Judy Garland was slapped by the director of the film, Victor Fleming. Allegedly, it was because of her inability to complete a scene without giggling. Now, you think about that. She's 16. They got her on pills. They've got her smoking 80 cigarettes a day. She's malnourished, drinking fucking cabbage soup like fucking the Charlie from fucking Willy Wonka. And maybe somebody cracked a joke. She starts giggling a little bit. Slap, slap. Slap, slap. Forget it, Judy Garland. You need to go emaciate yourself and let us suck the soul out of your body because that's what we do here in Hollywood. Slapping her in the face like that. What the fuck? Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. But that's not the end of the mistreatment because... Judy Garland, I swear to you guys, she never caught a break. Despite being the star of the film, she reportedly made the second lowest salary of the cast. Who made the lowest salary of the cast, you may ask? Well, it was her dog, Toto. Mm-hmm. She made just a little bit more than the Affin Pincher. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Yeah, Toto. Now, some people say Toto was actually a Karen Terrier, which I'm starting to actually lean more towards that he was, but my whole life I thought that Toto was an Affin Pincher. Sadly, I was wrong. Now, there are no living members of the cast or crew. Um, the oldest of them was a munchkin. His name was Jerry Marin, and he died at age 99 in 2018. So, um, that is sad. Rest in peace, cast and crew. Well, the ones that weren't into dark shit, because I feel like this movie really ushered in a lot of things. Um, and it's sad with they, the trauma and everything that they went through. And they were really just kind of used in this big spell casting. But let's not put the cart before the horse. Now, what else do I have here? Well, the wonderful Wizard of Oz book was actually a big source of controversy in 1957 in Detroit, Michigan. And was banned from libraries on the basis that it had no value for children and supported negativism. And in 1986, one of the most publicized bannings of the book was by seven fundamentalist Christian families in Tennessee who wanted the book banned in public schools. They went as far as filing a lawsuit against schools with the book because they did not like how the novel depicted nice witches. And in 1928, all public libraries banned the book, claiming it was ungodly, and they did not like that it depicted women in leadership roles. And throughout the years, the book has continued to be the subject of controversy, for many things, some people say for its positive portrayal of femininity, and many groups have opposed the idea of women in these heroic roles. 
and in these positions of power that reach similar levels as their male counterparts. I say bullshit to all of that. I don't think that's why people have a problem with it. They always do that when someone says, hey, this book has some dark shit in it. Hey, this seems a little occult to me. This seems like ritual magic and I don't want it, my kid reading it and I don't want it in my kid's school. And they go, well, you know what? That we had to ban it because people were mad about the fit. No, that's not why they were mad. Everything always gets covered up. The real reason behind shit. This movie and the book have serious ties to the occult. And is one of these massive rituals. And I will show you why here in a moment. But another conspiracy theory surrounding the wizard of oz is that pink floyd's album the dark side of the moon syncs up with the wizard of oz now this theory has a whole fucking wikipedia page dedicated to it and it seems to have really torn apart the seemingly very large group of pink floyd slash wizard of oz fans And Pink Floyd says that it is a complete coincidence, but a lot of fans claim that if you watch The Wizard of Oz on mute with the Dark Side of the Moon album playing, there are a fucking shit ton of moments that sync too perfectly for it to be a coincidence. I tried it a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and say I did the whole movie, but... I did some parts, and the best I've seen is when the piano on the great gig in the sky kicks in just before the tornado hits, and it was like creating this powerful sense of foreboding, and then there was another part where the cash register opening of money starts almost sarcastically just as Dorothy starts to take in the wonderful technicolor surroundings of Oz. But there also appears to be lyrical cues for particular characters. The line, the lunatic is on the grass, corresponds to the scarecrow dancing on the grass and the song brain damage kicks in at the precise moment if i only had a brain starts up in the film what would you do with a brain if you had one do why if i had a brain i could i could while away the hours conferring with the flowers consulting with the rain and my head i'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if i only had a brain Later, when Dorothy checks to see if the Tin Man is as heartless as he claims, you can faintly hear the heartbeat sound that's sampled in the album's outro. Perfect. Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. Beautiful. What a nickel. It's empty. I don't give a lot of credence to theories like this because I feel like they're um, just something to get you straight away from the real design of what the Wizard of Oz was used for. 
Uh, they don't want you finding the occult symbolism in the movie. They don't want you to know it was a massive ritual. They want you to worry about the cash register opening uh, at the start of um, money. They want you to worry about some fucking songs lining up with the movie instead of the all the rituals involved. Why am I even bringing it up then? Because I found something that made me start thinking and I also connected it to some other research. So there is a rumor that Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey perfectly matches the band's 24-minute composition Echoes. And in fact, Kubrick was at one time considering asking the band to write the film's soundtrack, and this adds another layer to the theory. So then I got to digging into some Kubrick stuff. And my, oh my, oh my, you guys are in for a fucking treat. Anytime somebody brings up Kubrick, I'm like, Fuck yeah, it's going down. What do we got? Because Kubrick was downright coming out and telling us some shit in his movies. So let's dive in to a few of Kubrick's cinematic delights. But now, before we just jump right into the Kubrick stuff, I want to set this up for you so it makes sense and I'm not just rambling. There are so many Wizard of Oz references in our pop culture. They're everywhere. And it's for a reason. These are trigger words. Over the rainbow is a trigger word. The symbolism of the rainbow is a trigger. The animals in the Wizard of Oz are fucking triggers. These are subconscious programs that got installed to each and every one of us who watch The Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry to tell you, but it's true. Now, before I get into the Kubrick references of The Wizard of Oz and how he's telling us this was a fucking subconscious program that got installed in our brains and it was MK Ultra and everything, blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about some references that I pulled just off of the web and from my own memory. Now, Barbie. Wow, satanic old Barbie. Yeah. So Barbie appears to have come out with a Glinda the Good Witch Barbie in 1995 as part of their collectible edition. And they even made a kin that was a Tin Man. What else do we have? The title of Elton John's album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, released in 1973. Essentially, Elton John said he put his signature spin on Dorothy's longing to return home to Kansas. If you've listened to any of my other episodes, you'll know where I'm going with this, but it bears repeating. First off, Elton John notoriously has said he wrote all of his songs in which language? And now we have a whole album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, as a tribute 
to the Wizard of Oz. Follow the yellow brick road. 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 And he's gotten up to some pretty shady shit before. Of course, he'd want to use that, right? Now, the Muppets Wizard of Oz first aired on ABC May 20th, 2005, with Miss Piggy playing four witch roles, including the Wicked Witch of the West. And then Kermit the Frog played the Scarecrow. Fozzie was the Cowardly Lion. And Gonzo was the Tin Man. And Ashanti played Dorothy. And this will come in later, guys. Queen Latifah played Auntie M. This will come in later. You just remember Ashanti and Queen Latifah. Also, the Muppets have been getting up to some very woke behavior lately. As well as Sesame Street. Yeah, why, they should just rename it and just call it Sesame Sluts or something like that. It, it would be more fitting. But a few days after Saddam Hussein's capture, South Park aired a Wizard of Oz episode in which Saddam Hussein was the man behind the curtain. You guys, I couldn't even make this up. Out of all the references they could have chose from, they go straight to the OG witch ritual fucking wizard of oz now we also have clueless now think of this clueless with alicia silverstone they're in the car and she's like i don't know why christian doesn't want to kiss me or he doesn't want to date me and blah 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 and murray goes <laughs> what Yo, look, are you bitches blind or something? Your man Christian is a cake boy. He's a disco dancing, Oscar Wilde reading, Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. Know what I'm saying? It's gay. He's a disco dancing, Oscar Wilde reading, Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. He's gay. And while that's fucking hilarious, anytime. Family Guy brought up Wizard of Oz references, and as far as I could count, there are 10 episodes that reference the Wizard of Oz, and they're all fucking gay jokes. And one of them is called I Never Met the Dead Man, and the description is, suffering from a lack of TV, Peter has a dream about the Wizard of Oz. I mean, they're telling you right there, suffering from a lack of television. Peter has a dream about the Wizard of Oz. And then any other reference I've ever seen in Family Guy is like, um, congratulations, you have herpes. You had herpes all along. And it's a lot of gay jokes. It's a lot of weird stuff going on there. And now, a scene in the 2000 movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Which is one of my favorite movies of all fucking time. If I was going to make a list of 10 movies that I could take with me to like a deserted island. And they were the only 10 movies I could watch for the rest of forever. Oh Brother Where Art Thou is probably number three. That is how high up on my list it is. This, this, the, 
way they depict people in the South is very much so how my grandparents were. And it's very, very authentic, the accents and, and all that. But anyways, they weren't KKK members, by the way. <laughs> but so, oh, brother, where art thou? In which Delmar, Pete, and Ulysses encounter a KKK meeting exactly mirrors a scene from The Wizard of Oz where they overpower the guards and put their uniforms on just like how the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and Lion overpower the Wicked Witch of the West soldiers. And they even do that same song. I was looking for it in The Wizard of Oz where they go like, Oh, we, oh, oh, they do that in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou as well. It, I mean, it's an exact mirror, an exact mirror. And the whole KKK ritual is this demonic, they call him the devil, the the white devil. And he's got, well, uh, he's got a red hood on. And um, yeah, a lot of symbolism. But this movie also references a very, very true story of the first on record person to admit selling his soul to the devil in exchange for being able to play the guitar. His name was Robert Johnson. And he had said that he stood at a Mississippi crossroads and sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his unique musical gifts. And they reference this as well in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And they're riding in the car and they pick him up. He's like hitchhiking. And um, he goes, oh, I sold my soul to the devil uh, so I could learn how to play this here guitar real good. And uh, <laughs> Delmar goes... For that, you traded your everlasting soul? And he's like, well, I wasn't using it. (laughs) Oh, that movie. I can watch it over and over again. But even the most simple of movies like this have a Wizard of Oz reference because it's all going back, going back to the OG witch ritual. So we also have in Poltergeist, right? When um, the little lady comes over to do the house clearing and she's upstairs and they're all standing downstairs and the dad starts laughing and he goes which side of the rainbow are we working tonight dr lush now steven spielberg is involved in this movie toby hooper is actually the director but steven spielberg is involved in this movie and so is heather o'rourke And they have a Wizard of Oz reference in the movie. Because there are serious ties to pedophilia with the Wizard of Oz. Now let me drop the bombshell on you, Stanley Kubrick. Let's talk about the rainbow references. The red and green he uses so often. And what the characters represent. 
Now, he was downright coming out and telling us some shit at the end of Eyes Wide Shut about pedophilia. Where they take his, they take Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's daughter away. Those guys do. And if you think about in what, one of the beginning scenes when she gets to Oz, Dorothy starts on the yellow brick road. But if you look at the yellow brick road, it ain't nothing but a damn swirl. And what do we know about the swirl? It could have started in any other way, but no, they put a gigantic yellow and red swirl right in the middle. Now, I have an episode coming out at the end of the month where I dive into more of the red and yellow symbolism, but I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger for that when you're going to have to check out the episode at the end of the month for more info on that. Stanley Kubrick referenced rainbows all the fuck over Eyes Wide Shut. The name of the costume shop. There's a lot of scenes where Tom Cruise is standing under that sign. So he's under the rainbow. When he meets those two uh, those two sloppy bitches at that party. The Christmas party. He's like, where are we going? Where the rainbow ends. Yeah, they are, they are literally giving us these clues. And I'm giving you the eyes to see them. In the episode at the end of the month, New York Patriot and I also discuss the red and green symbolism, including red-haired women. Okay, just like Nicole Kidman. Just like the prostitute, uh, not not Domino, what was her name? I think Mandy even had red hair, the, the girl that saves him in the end. But if we are talking about the prostitute domino, there is a scene. I'm going to put so many pictures on Instagram of all this shit. You guys are going to be sick of me. But there's a scene when Tom Cruise goes over and um, he's about to try to get uh, freak nasty with domino. And she's laying on the bed and there's a stuffed tiger right next to her. And, which is weird, like, it's a very childish thing to have a stuffed anything on your bed, like, in the middle of your bed when you're a whole 30-year-old prostitute. But so, Domino has this tiger, stuffed tiger, right next to her on the bed, and it's the same exact stuffed tiger we see in the toy shop at the end of Eyes Wide Shut. And directly across from the tiger stuffed animals are bear stuffed animals. And I talked about this, you guys. My podcast has grown so much since I did my very first episodes. But my very first episode, um, Here's Johnny. And then in I may have made mention of this in Here's Johnny Part 2. There's this thing called Pedo Bear. And it's a descriptive way to identify a pedophile who is hairy and gross and nasty. And they say, oh, well, he's a pedo bear. He's like a big giant dude who likes boys. Like, that's a thing that they have. It's just one of these other code word things. But we also can think about what we talked about in my Barbie episode where SRA satanic ritual abuse, they'll give a kid uh, an object like a Barbie 
or a stuffed animal and they'll say, okay, here's your Barbie or your stuffed animal. And then they'll uh, defile them. And this will create an altar in the child. I think these stuffed animals could represent the same exact thing. The tiger, the bear. You know who else is in Eyes Wide Shut? Vanessa Shaw. Who was in the first Hocus Pocus? You might want to go back and listen to my episode, Sugar Spice and Everything Conspiracy, called Witch, Please. Because I give you the connection on what's going on with the SRA and the massive ritual spell casting they did in the first Hocus Pocus. And in the second Hocus Pocus, we have the damn pedophile symbol in the O of Hocus. The swirl. So, what else do we have from some of Kubrick's work? I'm going through scene by scene throughout The Shining. And you know what? Most of the best parts for symbols come from Danny's bedroom. When the shrink comes over and talks to Wendy because there's a little boy that lives in his mouth. Just like what? An altar. Danny has an altar that's triggered when he can't deal with the situation at hand. So Danny is a dissociative identity. And there's a scene where he's in his bathroom looking in the mirror. And he's talking to Tony with his finger. But on the door to his bedroom, we have this scene from the Peanuts. Um, with Snoopy and all of those. And there's a big, gigantic rainbow in several places. Also in his room, when the doctor is checking him out. And you know, you guys can tell me if you think this is weird or not. But the doctors come over to essentially do a once-over on him. He's in his underwear. The The covers are pulled down so you can see that he's in his underwear. And on the chalkboard behind Wendy is a cartoon character of a lion. Then we look over to the bookshelf and there's a few things scattered about just like a kid's room would be. But then we see this big, humongous thing that just says tiger on it. And I'm like, all right, we have the rainbow, we have the lion, and we have the tiger. But where's the bear? Oh, hang on a second. Danny is literally laying on a gigantic bear pillow in his bedroom, in his underwear, with the covers pulled down. And we have a tiger, a lion, and a bear. Now, hold up. Wait a second. The outfit that Wendy is wearing looks quite a little bit like Dorothy. It's blue and white and even has the frilly sleeves. And she's wearing a red thermal shirt underneath. And, I mean, it might be a stretch, but you guys, it looks an awful lot like Dorothy to me. 
There's also a scene where Danny is sitting at the table eating a PB&J while Wendy smokes a too long cigarette um, with the ash about to fall on her bologna and cheese. And the cartoon Danny watches twice during the film was Stop, Look, and Hasten features Wiley Coyote leaping into a deadfall with a Burmese tiger. And the fucking episode Danny watches twice during the film is Wiley Coyote and a tiger. I'm not stretching you guys because you know what else? While Wendy's on the phone in the living room, we can see a little teddy bear behind her. And then we later see this exact same teddy bear at the Overlook Hotel as Jack Nicholson rips through it with an axe. Then we notice that the bedroom where Danny is staying has a picture of two bears right above his bed. Do we have anything else from The Shining? Of course, they show a box of Frosted Flakes about 52 times. And now that's me being dramatic, but they show Frosted Flakes over and over and over again. And why is Stanley showing us Frosted Flakes? Because they're great, Tony the fucking tiger. Think about it, you guys. Tony the tiger. Tigers are a trigger from the Wizard of Oz. Tigers are used in SRA. Danny's alter, his name is Tony. You guys, can I make this any more clear for you? There is some serious shit going on. What is one of the songs in The Wizard of Oz? Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. <laughs> you guys think I'm fucking kidding. I even scare myself. <laughs> there is tigers and bears all over Stanley Kubrick's work. And then, do you guys remember... The scene in The Shining at the end where all the crazy, bizarre shit is going on. And he opens up one of the hotel rooms and there's like a dude going down on a bear. It's like a guy in a bear costume, right? And some people say it was a dog face. It, I googled it and the first thing that popped up was bear costume. The Shining bear costume scene. So they're saying it was a bear. A lot of bear stuff going on. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. And there is also a scene in The Shining. Where Wendy is in the office. Looking at some papers. Doing her checklist. Going around the hotel. Checking the boilers and all of that. And we see on the blackboard behind her. I will post this picture. Ladies in various states of undress and sexually provocative poses. And some of them even being tied up. Everything is on purpose. 
I'll just tell you that. Let's not forget the fact that Shelley Duvall, who played Wendy in The Shining, later lost her fucking mind and went on Dr. Phil and said a bunch of really curious statements. But I actually don't think she's crazy. I think they edited the interview to make her look crazy, but she's really not. Anytime somebody comes out and starts saying some stuff that's true, they get called a crazy person on purpose. Now, listen to this little snippet of what she had to say to Dr. Phil. Shelley Duvall was considered one of the best young actresses in Hollywood. Her role in The Shining was praised for its poignancy. I'm gonna go now. She followed up playing Olive Oil opposite the late great Robin Williams as Popeye. Oh, I loved Robin. I was sorry when he died. But listen to what she says next. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, you don't think he's dead? No. Where do you think he is? Shape-shifting. <laughs> yeah. He looks real good in some forms, in other forms he doesn't. She also said that Stanley Kubrick made her film the scene where she's walking backwards up the stairs with the baseball bat 137 times. 137 times. Her hands were raw from holding the bat. It wasn't fake tears. It was real tears. She was dehydrated. She was exhausted. And they actually... Very similar to Judy Garland on the set of Wizard of Oz, he was abusive towards Shelley Duvall. He told the cast not to speak to her, um, to isolate her. He gaslit her. Her hair started falling out at one point. And it's almost like if you're going to put all this Wizard of Oz symbolism in a movie, then I guess you'd also have to follow the rituals of what the cast went through. So Shelley really was kind of tortured in a way. And I got to thinking about what this could mean of dressing as a stuffed animal, having stuffed animals around, why they're associating it with the Wizard of Oz and all these kids, the pedophilia, the SRA, and I came across this thing just doing some random Googling, and it's this whole fucking thing about furries. Have you guys ever heard of a fucking furry? So furries are like the, they're part of the LGBTQUZYPUIDXY, and they are basically people who identify as stuffed animals. And they dress up as stuffed animals. They identify as stuffed animals. Um, if you Google it, you'll see lots of lions, tigers, and bears, and dogs, and everything out there. And I feel like this is also something that Stanley was showing us in The Shining was this idea of a furry. This, this sexual abuse and this weird shit around the stuffed animals, specific types of this furry shit and all that. Now... I want to give you some info that will back up my theory. The movie The Wizard of Oz was trauma-based mind control, also known as monarch programming. And 
Monarch programming uses dissociation to create a mind-controlled slave. It creates an amnesia barrier between the person's ordinary identity and the new identity or other personality. And this is what the CIA perfected under MKUltra. I have another episode. It's called Murdered by Suicide. And I talk a lot about this project and... Just as a recap, a 1952 memo states that the purpose for an MK Ultra type program or Project Artichoke is, quote, controlling an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws as self-preservation, end quote. They wanted to create a Manchurian candidate. Almost all documentation relating to MK Ultra mentions the importance of the movie Wizard of Oz. Let me repeat that in case you were asleep. Almost all documentation relating to MK Ultra mentions the importance of the movie Wizard of Oz. After World War II, the U.S. continued mind control projects. They brought top Nazi scientists to help out. Here comes the paperclip. Which, by the way, that meme, or not, it wasn't a meme, that reel I posted about why our bitches out here talking about conspiracy theories, repping a NASA t-shirt, it's because of paperclip. It's because of fake space. It's because of Stanley Kubrick fake the moon landing. No true conspiracy theorist is repping a NASA t-shirt. Get out of my face. Now, in the 1940s, it was chosen as a programming script for the intelligence community's mind control program. Programming scripts provide a foundation upon which alters and triggers are created. The Wizard of Oz is not the only one used, but is most significant. Okay. Some of the mind control aids they use are Alice in Wonderland, eerily similar to the Wizard of Oz. All three alien movies. That's right, Sigourney Weaver. Slap, slap, bitch. Now we have Star Wars and Star Trek. I probably just made a lot of you very sad because if there are any movies I've ever been obsessed with, it was The Wizard of Oz, all three alien movies, and Star Trek. Not Star Wars, but Star Trek. I wonder why. I gotta do some serious deprogramming on myself. Y'all need to get right with God and you need to keep these movies away from your kids. So some of the other things they used were the term over the rainbow. Okay. They would use imagery such as dolphins, whales, monarch butterflies. I talk a lot about this in my Here's Johnny episode. Y'all are sleeping on that shit. So they also use hearts and roses. to. Mentally 
escape the abuse, victims dissociate. Their fucking soul pops out of their body. Do you understand that? Their soul pops out of their body, okay? And it goes over the rainbow. In the Wizard of Oz programming, this is where they go over the rainbow. The sexual abuse causes the child to create an altar. Now here comes Tony Podesta, an American lobbyist best known for founding the Podesta Group. He used to be one of Washington's most powerful lobbyists and fundraisers until he became under federal investigation. The investigation regarded compliance with the Foreign Agents Registration Act for their work for a Ukrainian group tied to the pro-Russian former Ukrainian president, Viktor, can't pronounce last name, Yakovich. Yankovich, beginning in 2012. Tony Podesta's artwork became the topic of controversy after disturbing images of his sadistic paintings came to light. One of the things that people found odd was the red shoes depicted throughout. Ruby slippers. I have in front of me one of the Tony Podesta pieces of art. Actually, I have three in front of me. One is a little boy dangling tied up in a swimming pool wearing red shorts. Then I have one, two, three, four, five little kids on a bench in a pool wearing ruby slippers. And then I have one, two, three, four, five, six kids with their backs to me, kneeling down on their knees, and two of them are wearing a yellow tank top. So we have the yellow brick road and the actual ruby slippers in the painting. Then I come across this other piece of art entitled Artwork by Kim Noble. John Podesta is known to have some of Kim Noble's artwork. And I will be posting this to the Instagram. It is a shadowy silhouette of a child being raped. And just to describe it for you, there's a purple bed and there is a little child that's all yellow. These are like stick figures. The child is all yellow. And then we have two orange people holding the child down. And we have a red person on top of the child raping them. And what's in the corner of the room? A teddy bear. A single solitary teddy bear. I'm, you guys, so I also found this Tony Podesta. It's him sitting in a chair in his home, and there's some rather interesting artwork on the wall behind him. There is a painting of a kid with some kind of device on his head, 
And right below that is a picture of a little boy sitting on the floor with his knees up by his face. And he has a pair of ruby slippers right next to him. Ruby slippers again. And I will be posting this photo on Instagram. There's another Tony Podesta that has children sitting in a circle in chairs wearing ruby slippers with the white socks just like Dorothy. Now we have something else called Video Works from Heather and Tony Podesta. And it's like a claymation where a lady is having sex with a tiger. Not curious at all. The Illuminati, the elites, the fuckers, the vampires, whatever you want to call them, supposedly use The Wizard of Oz and other films to mind control child slaves. The CIA was forced to declassify documents that prove that they were conducting these experiments and mind controlling people. One of the ways they supposedly used The Wizard of Oz in other movies to control people was to dress the victim according to their programming. For some people, seeing red shoes would be a trigger to a dissociative state. Furries! Lions and tigers and bears, oh my! Now, elite monarch slaves are taught that they must follow the yellow brick road and that they are not to stray away from the path no matter what. Supposedly, winged monkeys reinforce a fear of always being watched. Monarch victims will be allowed to bond with a pet. And sometimes the pet will be killed or taken to cause further dissociation. The poppy field is an allusion to opium. Opium is used to tranquilize MK Ultra slaves. And it's commonly given to the slaves to make them dependent. The original Wizard of Oz book is fucking full of occult themes and ideologies. The author, L. Frank Baum, was a part of the Theosophical Society, which was founded by Luciferian Madame Blavatsky. The author wrote theosophical themes and allegories in to the Oz stories. And O.Z. Oz is short for Osiris, which is the god of afterlife, the underworld, and rebirth in ancient Egyptian religion. He was depicted as having green skin. He was the brother and husband of Isis. And Professor Marvel, who is later seen as the wizard, 
claims his crystal ball is the same one used by the priests of Osiris and Isis. <laughs> and the name Marvel. What did they be putting in the Marvel movies, y'all? Motherfucking, they coming out and telling you some shit. In 1977, a Freedom of Information Act request uncovered 20,000 documents relating to Project MKUltra. Some surviving information regarding MKUltra was declassified in July of 2001. Supposedly, Program MKUltra was terminated in 1972, but people claim that it is still in use today just with different names and i think i know the name of the new one and it's going to blow your fucking mind a lot of people talk about the wizard of oz but what they don't talk about is return to oz so let's touch on that shall we and then I'll give you the name for the new MK Ultra program. And boy, oh boy, are you in for it. People have literally worshipped the movie The Wizard of Oz for fucking years, okay? And no one ever talks about Return to Oz. So, let's talk about it. MGM did the original Wizard of Oz. And as I said... Judy Garland was 16 years old, and they were trying to portray her as a little bit younger, I believe. Maybe they weren't. I felt like they were trying to make her appear very innocent and much younger than the actual um, 16-year-old girl that she was. But Dorothy is 10 years old in Return to Oz, and that is how she's portrayed in the book as being a 10-year-old. So, Dorothy's 10 years old in Return to Oz, and she is played by Feruza Balk. You will not recognize this name, but you will recognize some of these movies. She was in The Craft. Yeah. The Craft Legacy movie that came out in 2020. The Worst Witch. Almost Famous. The Island of Dr. Moreau, Bad Lieutenant with Nicolas Cage, Lost Soul, The Witching Hour, and another movie that kept popping up called DNA, like D.N.A. And it was like in German, and it said Experiment de Graus which might be the island of Dr. Moreau, but in German, I'm not 100% sure, but think of the titles that I just read to you. This Return to Oz, 10-year-old Feruza Bolt goes on to be in The Craft, The Craft Legacy, Worst Witch, Almost Famous, um, Bad Lieutenant with none other than Nicolas Cage, Lost Soul, The Witching Hour. The list continues. But what interested me is this movie called The Island of Dr. Moreau. The plot is simply a shipwrecked man 
reaches a sinister island inhabited by notorious vivisectionist Dr. Moreau. Now, I said that with a question because I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing that right. Vivisectionist. Maybe. Um, so this guy suspects that experiments are being carried out on humans. And these experiments are resulting in hybrid people. And the doctor eventually ends up explaining that he has been changing animals into people. Going back to this whole idea of the furries. Animals into people. Experiments. All this weird stuff. And it's Feruza Balk, who is our Dorothy in Return to Oz. And what some people might not be aware of is that Disney did return to Oz in 1985. And it's kind of like what they did with Dr. Sleep. Stanley Kubrick twisted the movie The Shining and killed off a bunch of characters that were still alive in the book. And the movie The Shining was so different than the book that when they made Dr. Sleep, they had to take some parts from the book and some parts from the movie to make it work. And that's what Disney did with Return to Oz. They're picking it up with the book version of the events that happened when Dorothy returned from Oz. But they also have to throw in some of the... uh, They have to throw in some references from the Judy Garland as well because they have to make it make a little bit of sense and for people to want to watch it. So it's not a musical. It's actually like a fucking horror movie. And for Disney to make something that's not a musical is weird, right? And it is super creepy. It's ominous and dark. And you saw what happened when they did live action Mulan. And they took it and made it not a musical. It failed. So what they were thinking with this Return to Oz, it it was just weird. And in this movie, it takes place three years after the Chicago World's Fair. (laughs) Which is supposedly the Tesla versus Edison standoff. Like, which electricity works best? now? Think about what I just said. Disney, Oz, not a musical, super ominous, takes place three years after the Chicago World's Fair, Tesla, Edison, electricity. I mean, you guys, it just never ends with the clues that they put into movies. Now, in Return to Oz, Dorothy supposedly hasn't slept since returning from Oz. And they say that it was approximately six months that she hadn't slept. Now, in the beginning of the movie, Auntie M is looking at the newspaper and reading this ad that's talking about this Weltmer method which is also called suggestive therapy or the Weltmer method of healing. And what is the suggestive therapy or Weltmer method of healing? 
It is a system of suggestive treatment aiming to bring the body and mind into harmony without the use of drugs or surgery. And turns out it's just hypnotism and electric shock. And in this article that Auntie M is reading, there is a practitioner of this method nearby that Auntie M wants to take Dorothy to to see if they can help her sleep. And I would compare this Dr. Worley that we meet to an L. Ron Hubbard-like character. L. Ron Hubbard being the founder of the Church of Scientology. But it goes on. So they're going to give Dorothy electroshock therapy. And Auntie M is just like, cool, all right, I'll pick you up tomorrow. So Dr. Worley's showing her this device that's going to be the electroshock, right? And he's trying to humanize it. And he's like, look, it has two eyes and a nose and a face. And that's just going to shock your little brain. And, you know, you might not be the same afterwards, but hey, you'll be shocked. And Auntie M is like, well, when can I pick her up? And they're like, tomorrow, we're just going to shock her. And then you can come get her and all, all will be well. So that's what Auntie M does. And they put Dorothy in this room and... This other little girl comes to Dorothy to kind of console her. And in the background of this scene, you can hear screaming like, ah, and Dorothy goes, what's that? And the little girl says, it's the patients who have been damaged. They're locked in the cellar. And that never gets brought up again. We're just supposed to roll right past that. Psych ward. Electroshock therapy. Kids screaming in the background. Oh, those are the damaged ones. They're locked in the cellar. No, never mind. And they just go right on to the next scene. Now, here's where the new MK Ultra program comes in. Dorothy's return to Oz, it's all fucked up, it's gross and disgusting, it's been pretty much demolished, and um, you'll just have to watch Return to Oz so you can understand what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to go into it in full detail because that's not why I'm here today. I'm here to give you the occult bits and pieces. Along Dorothy's journey, there is a character she meets named TikTok that represents AI. Let's be real. And he says multiple times in the movie, I'm not alive and never will be, thank God. And he later says he's always valued his lifelessness. Now think about Tick tock. What is super popular blowing up madness right now? Tick tock. That's why I'd be trying to expose Tick tock for what it is. And the creator of Tick tock literally said the whole point in mind was to cause chaos. 
as in what? Chaos magic? Are they using TikTok as another MK Ultra program? Or it's actually still the MK Ultra program, but they've renamed it maybe Project TikTok, Operation TikTok. And we sit on our phones and watch them constantly. Do you know how else I know that this is an operation? Facebook and Instagram not only have TikTok, but you can just have TikTok anywhere. On the TikTok app, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you do your social media at, TikTok is there. They've weaponized fake conspiracy theorists on TikTok that are putting out useless information to derail you from finding truthful information like this. And I will make the case that TikTok is the new MKUltra program. Then we think about who is another SRA victim? Kesha. Well, what was one of Kesha's major songs that put her on the map? Well, wasn't it TikTok? And then we have this AI character in Return to Oz named TikTok. Well, that's odd if we follow the same chain of events from the first Wizard of Oz with Judy Garland and all the programming and references and trigger words and using it for SRA. Well, what can we take from Return to Oz? There's also, instead of Toto, she's going around with a chicken. Isn't that another code word of these people? chicken. There's also something called the powder of life. And uh, here's another shocking bit of information. I'm always talking about the eight thing in the August and why is eight always coming up, right? Well, there are exactly eight deaths. Deaths, yeah. In a Disney movie for kids, there are eight deaths in The Return to Oz. And what else? Well, Steven Spielberg was involved in getting this movie made as well. Could that be why he loves referencing it and he constantly has to be around kids? Because he's a part of this pedo-ritualistic SRA mind control slave program? Think about Heather Roark, people. There are also some other movies that I feel like are just archetypes of Wizard of Oz. Because you're not going to get a kid that's born in like 2002, 2010, or even younger to watch Judy Garland's Wizard of Oz. So how can they keep recycling this archetypal story for their program for the SRA and the trigger words and well wouldn't that be Chronicles of Narnia which has the almost exact same story Alice in Wonderland then what else well well then we have Coraline which is another one of these archetypal stories Now think of Chronicles of Narnia. Who's our superhero in the Chronicles of Narnia? Well, isn't it Aslan? 
the lion, and there's mystical creatures everywhere. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! Get with it, people. I'm laying it on the line right now. So are there any other theories surrounding the Wizard of Oz? Yes. And this is one that gets laughed at a lot. And I don't even know if I completely believe the story, but I have my own theory on it. And that theory or what keeps getting brought up is that an actor who played a munchkin can be seen hanging themselves during a scene which has come to be known as the Tin Woodsman sequence where Dorothy the Scarecrow and the Tin Man skip down the yellow brick road bound for Emerald City and the studio's official line was that what looked like a little person Swinging from a tree is actually a shadow cast by a large crane. That's the bird crane, not an industrial piece of equipment crane. That's C-R-A-N-E. And the director did hire some people from the Los Angeles Zoo um, to bring in some zoo animals in an attempt to make the forest seem more alive. But so this is where it gets complicated. There are multiple versions of the film that exist. When The Wizard of Oz was re-released in 1989 for its 50th anniversary, the confusing footage had been cleaned up. Now it is totally, completely obvious that it's a crane. They CGI a bird in there. And this version is now considered to be the definitive cut. The one you'll probably most likely have seen on Amazon or Netflix or wherever the fuck you're watching your movies at. But this definitive cut is completely different than the original footage. I've seen both versions and guess what? That bird that they put in there in the definitive cut is not even in the same place as the quote-unquote hanging body in the original, and it doesn't even move the same. Which goes to show you, they CGI all kinds of shit, and over the years, details were added about this quote-unquote hanging munchkin in this scene, but I don't think that's what we're seeing. I think it's probably something far more sinister, which is why that they had to remove it. If that's not what we were seeing, then why did they have to go to such great lengths to CGI something in there if all we were seeing was the shadow of a crane? They can CGI anything they want to. And you see it over and over and over again. And what I think may have been going on in the background scene is like a real life black magic ritual or something. Because the cast and crew were a bunch of freaks. And here's why I say that. The producer, Mervyn Leroy, stated that the actors had orgies in the hotel and he said, quote, we had to have police on every floor, end quote. Judy Garland, as well as 
being abused by members of the production crew was sexually assaulted by some of the munchkins who were groping her. And she said that they were drunks who got smashed every night. And a lot of these munchkins, by the way, were previously working as carnival freaks or vaudeville comedy acts. And others had fled Nazi persecution in Europe. Now, there is this story about how the guy who played the Wizard of Oz wanted this coat for the movie. And he was like, I want it to look like it's regal and royal, but also kind of tattered and worn. And so they went to a bunch of like Goodwills, I guess, or Salvation Army, and they found a bunch of these green jackets and they brought them to him. And the one jacket that he picked had um, a label in, sewn into the coat that said property of L. Frank Baum, the author of the book Wizard of Oz. And some people are on TikTok saying, oh my God, see, it's so magical. No, this is black magic, all of this. It's almost like when you open a portal to this type of energy, of course, that's the one jacket. But let's say that's not even true. And they just made that shit up to make it more endearing to people. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Everyone worships this movie. And there's a reason. There's some serious magic surrounding The Wizard of Oz. Real magic. Okay? So, I now want to introduce you to someone named Professor Griff. Professor Griff is an American rapper, spoken word artist, and lecturer... And he was a member of the hip-hop group Public Enemy, serving as the group's, quote, Minister of Information, end quote. And he wrote a book called Analytics. A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-X-Z. Analytics, 20 years of conversations and interviews with Public Enemy's Minister of Information. I highly suggest you check out Professor Griff on Instagram and find this book, read it, and absorb it. Because he puts it all out on the line with these sexual rituals, the corrupt hip-hop industry, and exposes quite a few of the conspiracy theories that are becoming a little bit more popular, thank God. but. He's connecting all the dots for you to make things make more sense. I think the thing that raised some eyebrows with people is when I dropped the information about Quincy Jones. I let the chips fall wherever they fall. That's right. This dude was one of the ones responsible. He had a magazine financed by Warner Brothers and arrested him. He set up sex rings in Hollywood. And the people that he brought in, if y'all tell me if I'm lying, Quincy Jones brought in Fresh Prince. And his first movie was what? Six Degrees of Separation. Right. Queen Latifah. Set it off. Queen Latifah set it off, licking and kissing on women. Are you following me? Yes. Kevin Campbell. 
Mm-hmm. His little sweet ass up and down Hollywood Boulevard. Got caught in the park. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and last but not least, uh, when Tupac came to Hollywood, um, it was the, the, the homosexual ritual. This is where the homosexuals came out against me, but I didn't mind. I wasn't talking about homosexuals. I'm saying there's a homosexual ritual that they go through in the Illuminati secret societies. And it is. So when I mentioned that about it marrying itself on to hip-hop, they said, well, can you prove it? Yeah. Go back and go online and read where Tupac said um, he was asked by Quincy Jones to fuck him in the ass. When when Tupac said no, that's when Tupac was mocked for death. Why? Because Tupac was engaged to Quincy Jones' daughter. Quincy Jones' daughter was best friend was Aaliyah. Aaliyah was engaged to Dame Dash. Now, if y'all follow these people back, all of them either died or was brought to ruin. Who creates and manufactures these these trends? Um, Brothers of Sagging, which y'all know is niggas spelled backwards, right? And what they did was marry the criminal culture in jail onto the street culture and made it part of hip-hop. So now, homosexuality is on the rise, and they made the new cleavage became the butt crack. That's right. Mm-hmm. Homosexual mom. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Not be stupid. There's 15, 20 of us in this room. Somebody in here is the agent. Don't start looking around. But somebody in here is just in here that's going to take this information to the government. And we can't be stupid. So he's talking about Will Smith, the corrupt hip-hop industry, the whole Beyonce conspiracy, Aaliyah, and who? Quincy motherfucking Jones. And by the way, it's at Professor Griff, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R-G-R-I-F-F on Instagram. And he throws it down on Quincy Jones, right? Now, remember he mentioned something about Queen Latifah. And Queen Latifah was what? The Muppets, Wizard of Oz. They're all into this shit. Now, let's talk about something else connected to not only the corrupt hip-hop scene, but the Wizard of Oz. Now, wouldn't that be the Wiz? Yeah. The Wiz is a 1978 American musical adventure fantasy film produced by Universal Pictures and Motown Productions and released by Universal Pictures on October 24th, 1978. And it was a reimagining of L. Frank Baum's classic 1900 children's novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, featuring an all-black cast. And why I bring up the Wiz with the connection to Queen Latifah is because Quincy motherfucking Jones was a producer for the Wiz. Michael Jackson. Okay. 
You want to talk about number one, SRA dissociative identity, MK Ultra, uh, alters. I mean, this guy is the epitome of what I'm talking about. Of course, if I only had a brain. Now, see, Michael Jackson is the scarecrow. If I only had a brain. Latoya Jackson herself has come out and stated that her brother, Michael Jackson, was a pedophile. Do you remember what you thought when Michael announced he was getting married to Lisa Marie? I said, oh my God, is this real or this is to cover up this other situation that's happening? Why think that right away? Maybe your brother's getting married and... Because I know him. I know that he doesn't have an interest in money. I know, not that kind of way. Any woman? No, absolutely not. He would never touch a woman. He would say it. Oh, can't stand them. He would just say it. I can't stand them. Why do you think Michael and Lisa Marie went on such a public campaign to convince everyone that this marriage was on the up and up, that it was real, legit? To throw the allegations off the little fort. Period. Blank, period. What was your reaction when you watched them on Primetime Live? I heard a lot of lies. I heard a lot of lies. That 35-year-old man is going to take a little boy and stay with him for 30 days. Is your brother a pedophile? In my eyes, definitely yes. For what reason would she make this up? She puts herself on the line by coming out and saying this because Michael Jackson is such a beloved figure in our pop culture. But it all goes back to the SRA monarch mind control program. He was broken by Quincy Jones and then set out into the world as a mind controlled SRA slave. Which is why he created such a different look for himself because... The Michael Jackson, who was the SRA victim, dissociated and created the altar that we saw with porcelain skin and 17 nose jobs. And um, this is, it was almost horrifying to look at him towards the end. He had been so far removed from his actual natural appearance. And it's because he hated himself and he couldn't look in the mirror at the SRA victim. So he created an actual new identity for himself. He was a puppet for these people. Bless his heart. And he was probably portraying the same thing on other children. I mean, let's just be real with Neverland Ranch. Which, by the way, isn't Peter Pan also very similar to this whole Wizard of Oz archetype, they're in the real world. And then they this boy who never grows up comes and gets him and sweeps him away to this magical place, just like Oz. And then we have Michael Jackson with his Neverland Ranch, also appearing in The Wiz. Think about it, people. I've heard so many theories about the Wizard of Oz, and most of them are just coming from these 
uh, co-opted TikTok, fucking these fake conspiracy theorists. And they'll say, oh, it's about a magical journey of the spirit of enlightenment. That's fine. If you want to believe that, that is fine. I'm not here to condemn anyone. But I just have to say, no, it is not. It is a black magic, pedophilia, death ritual. Dream-like symbolism to get you in a trance state so they can implant subconscious programs to disorient you. Let's get into one of the most bizarre things that ever came up in this research, which is the movie Girl Interrupted. I watched this movie one time, and one time was enough. I felt really dark and dirty and nasty and gross after I watched this movie. It gave me really bad, dark vibes. I couldn't ever force myself to watch it again. I watched it again just for you guys. And Jesus Christ. Wizard of Oz, Monarch Programming, MK Ultra, SRA, all over Girl Interrupted. Let's start at the beginning. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but it absolutely has to be discussed. Winona Ryder. Angelina Jolie. Whoopi Goldberg and Jared Leto. So we have, oh wait, and Brittany Murphy. Angelina Jolie, Whoopi Goldberg, Winona Ryder, Brittany Murphy, and Jared Leto in one movie. It starts with this. Not the start of the movie, but the first thing I picked up on. Winona Ryder gets admitted. Because she's crazy as hell. Tries to kill herself. She walks in. She greets her roommate. Sits down on the bed. Looks over at her roommate. What you reading? She's reading the patchwork girl of Oz. And she asked Winona Ryder. Have you ever read this? She said no. But I've seen the movie a bunch of times. Huh. Just like everyone else in the warship that ensues with the Wizard of Oz. And she goes, no, that's the first book. There were no ruby slippers in the first book. That was added for the movie. And she was reading like one of the 16 of, of the Wizard of Oz books. Not the first two. It was like way deep in there. I think it was like maybe the fourth or fifth one. And then later in that scene, it flashes over to the bed of the roommate. And there are literally all 16 Wizard of Oz books laying on the bed. And there's a bookshelf right behind this girl. So why were all these Wizard of Oz books laid out on the bed? And one of the pages in the book that she's not reading, because she has the book that she's reading open, reading it. But one of the books at the end of the bed that she's not reading and there's no reason at all for it to be out on the bed is open to a page with a picture of TikTok on it. And this character, 
suffers from dissociative identity disorder. The whole movie takes place in the Laurel Canyon glory days. Let's just go ahead and also add that onto the list. And then there's a scene where Angelina Jolie asks Winona Ryder if she's met the great and wonderful Dr. Wick. Just like the great and wonderful Oz. And it's like a play on that. The great and wonderful Dr. Wick. Who will use electroshock therapy on you. Just like the doctor who used electroshock during... The Return to Oz movie. And what was his name? Dr. Worley. With a W. So we have Dr. Wick and Dr. Worley. And then we have the whole play. The great and wonderful Dr. Wick. Angelina Jolie has this hand puppet that she makes fun of people with. And it's a fucking tiger hand puppet. Brittany Murphy's bedroom at the institution has two humongous monarch butterflies on the wall and she's surrounded at all times by the color yellow and what is she doing Winona Ryder goes into her bedroom she's got two gigantic butterflies on the wall and a single solitary teddy bear on the bed Then we find out Brittany Murphy will only eat chicken. And why do they keep bringing up the chicken in Girl Interrupted? Well, so we have the monarch mind control, the teddy bear for the SRA. We've got the MK Ultra Wizard of Oz program all over the movie. And then in Return to Oz, Dorothy has a chicken the entire movie. Brittany Murphy will only eat chicken. She talks about chicken all the time. She can't even say the word kitchen. She'll say, I'm moving into an apartment with an eat-in chicken. And it's like this thing. She just keeps saying chicken all the time. Then we have the SRA symbolism, the monarch symbolism. The tigers, electroshock, Wizard of Oz books. Open to the page with TikTok on it. There's a scene where they go to get ice cream. And Angelina Jolie distinctly says, I want so-and-so kind of ice cream. And rainbow sprinkles, not chocolate. That's how she says it. Rainbow sprinkles, not chocolate. Again, am I stretching? No, I don't think so. Because then Angelina Jolie says in the movie, if she could have any job in the world, she would work at Disney World and be Cinderella. Another thing about dressing up as the characters, triggering the altars. What else do we have? Now, this part is what's going to drive it all the way home. Brittany Murphy gets released to go to her apartment. Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie break out of the facility and they go to stay with Brittany Murphy. And then we find that Brittany Murphy's entire apartment is yellow. She's wearing yellow. There's yellow everywhere. Yellow brick road. Yellow brick road. It's all over. 
And then we find that Brittany Murphy has a gray cat named Ruby. Why do you want to name your gray cat Ruby? Ruby Slippers. Now what do we find out? Yellow brick road symbolism, a cat named Ruby, monarch butterflies everywhere, chickens everywhere, and Brittany Murphy's character is getting raped by her father. And Angelina Jolie says, you like it, don't you? You like getting raped by your father because that's all you know. Again, S-R-A. Brittany Murphy has this awakening when Angelina Jolie says it out loud. I don't think she had told anyone about it out loud. She goes up to her bedroom. The next day, she kills herself. When they discover the body, Winona Ryder goes into her bedroom first. There's butterfly wallpaper all over Brittany Murphy's bedroom. But that's not where she kills herself. She kills herself in the separate bathroom, hanged herself with her yellow sash to her yellow robe. So Brittany Murphy, she's found dead in a bathroom in the movie. And then in real life, Brittany Murphy is found dead in a bathroom. You guys, you guys. This is too much to be a coincidence. And just to top it all off, near the end of the movie, at the mental facility, we hear a movie playing in, like, the main room where they all gather to watch TV. And what are they watching? Well, they're watching... The Wizard of Oz. They are watching The Wizard of Oz. And you know what? Angelina Jolie's character has the bleach blonde hair, which is something that I've also talked about on previous episodes being another marker for someone who's SRA, dissociative identity. It's like, um, uh, Dog whistle. Hey, look, this person's got dissociative identity disorder. Like, who's the real Slim Shady? Eminem, Marshall Mathers with his bleach blonde hair. We saw Katy Perry come out with the bleach blonde hair. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and name them all, but this is clearly, obviously, another one of these things that they do. I'm going to dive even deeper into this kind of stuff in the episode at the end of the month with New York Patriot. And um, we uh, will just leave you on a cliffhanger right there. 
If you love what I do, please leave a five-star review. This has taken me months to put together for you guys. And really, it is also a massive tribute to my mom. I had to bring that cosmic fire in honor of my mom. And this whole podcast is really in honor of my mom. If you want to stop by Instagram today and show me some love, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's very hard for me on her birthday. I miss her so much beyond words, beyond description. And uh, I feel like she would be proud of what I'm doing. So that kind of gives me motivation to continue. Look into Professor Griff. Keep your kids away from TikTok and all these. Do the TikTok dance and show your ass and tits. Well, yeah, this is programming. And uh, just put up that shield of protection and get right with God, people. Thank you so much for listening, and I really appreciate it. There's no place like home. There's no place.